Rice clean me up. Rice clean me up. I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. clean me up. Rice clean me up. I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Listen. Yeah. I ain't got a stain on me. Cause it's all by his grace, homie Gave his righteousness, now I'm spotless Didn't earn it, but I still got it, yeah Not by my works Now I'm in his church Ain't nothing I could earn Did it by his own, yeah, you know I didn't deserve I'm singing out Christ clean me up Christ clean me up I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new, yeah, 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 Christ clean me up, Christ clean me up, I ain't got a stain and I'm feeling brand new, yeah, 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 Christ clean me up, I was headed to I was a mess, my goodness is unworthiness But now I'm feeling brand new I ain't worried about a thing He's glory, now I sing, yeah Got a new mind, got a new heart Glory to God, who art Worthy of all praises By tongue, tribes, and nations He dressed us in this white robe His righteousness we now clothe Glory to God and Christ alone Glory to God and Christ alone, yeah episode of all things theology where this is your host k-dub and today we got a plethora of topics i want to address i i'm going to hit you with a gamut of uh interesting videos but before we get into that i want to personally invite you to the g3 conference if you haven't been to the g3 conference which i have but i've watched tons of g3 conference uh, sermons materials and I am looking forward to the fellowship. So if, if you would like to come to the G3 conference, this is a personal invitation to come. Come and hang out with some good brothers, hear some good theology, and let's fellowship richly together. God is sovereign over everything. He is sovereign over the entire universe. He is sovereign over nature. He literally has created everything that exists out of nothing. It is the doctrine of sovereign election that empowers and ignites missions, and it is the doctrine of sovereign election that guarantees the success of missions around the world. We will not build the church according to the changing whims of an ungodly culture. We will change that ungodly culture by the power of the immutable gospel. All I have is God wrapped himself in flesh, died on a cross, nailed my sin thereto, was placed in the grave, rose again on the third day, ascended to the right hand of the Father, 
and is there making intercession for me until such time as my salvation is completed and he takes me home. The more they see, the more they will love him. Stop giving them all this silly fodder and life principles and lay before them. Live your life in solitude crying out to God. Live your life on your knees. Live your life with your Bibles torn asunder. Live your life for the people of God to be able to present to them the beauty of what he is, the glory of his cross. There is no such thing as Mother Nature. God rules and reigns over everything. There's not a leaf that falls from a tree that God did not call it to fall at that very moment. God is in control of every single thing, meticulously ruling over the entire universe. Join us for the 2023 G3 National Conference on the Sovereignty of God. Yeah, so hope to see you there. With with that said, let's get into our our topic today. And I want to address my good friend Daniel Adams. Yes, Daniel Adams. <laughs> he d- did you know he's going around now calling himself an apostle? So we got to refer to him as a apostle Dan- Daniel Adams even though, you know, one of the qualifications of being an apostle is that you've seen the resurrected Christ and so I I know I know I know what you're thinking doesn't make sense, but let's get into this video that I was sent. what are they playing kickball and by the way this is how you know these guys are playing around look at that back i mean just sweaty my goodness hold on let's let's see that again hold on what i don't even know what happened so did she dodge my goodness this video is going to be bad come all the way off of her wait what you demon, come all the way off. Your time's up. Your time's up. So this is a mismatch of uh, uh, Passion Java and Daniel Adams, I guess, doing the kick the demons spiritually. But I, I don't know what's going on here. You will not afflict her any longer. I send you back to where you belong. Go back to the abyss. Uh, Out of the line. Uh, my goodness. Give me the thing. Give glory to Jesus. For what? 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 I mean, what were they supposed to give glory to Jesus for? You, you kicked an imaginary ball at her, and she started coughing. And I, you know, the, you know, because I, I know it's, you know, guys like us who are accused of, uh, oh, you guys don't believe in demons, right? No, I believe in de- I believe that demons do exist. I actually have a higher view of demons, right? Not just these little people who come up there and start coffin and you know they come start confessing a sin therefore they have a demon biblically demons were dangerous to be around so it's actually they who have a uh, low view of uh demons so let's continue uh-uh don't worry about it let it walk me and you we dance what who are you <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> He's having like a a uh, 
I just think of those old, like, you know, back in the day, how people used to settle beef. They used to have, like, a dance-off, right? They do, 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 right? He's literally about to have a dance-off with a demon. Guys, that actually came out off of my lips, and it sounded more ridiculous when I said it than I thought in my head. I mean. Huh? For years. What is this, Harry Potter? So <laughs> Daniel Adams is trying to mock the quote unquote demon. Now, I don't believe this lady's demon possessed, you know, biblically demon possession didn't look like this. Right. She I mean, they, they got dressed, you know, they come up on this. The, the demon lets them do all these things. Right. It lets them get on stage. Uh, get dressed for the day, brush their teeth, put their shoes on, right? But then when they get on the stage, now that's the fierce demon, right? Just interesting. Hey, 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 cut it out. Look at me. This is a joke. This what is do you a... use her for? She doesn't. She doesn't? <laughs> Duh. I couldn't tell what she said. Hold on. Let's see if we can find. She doesn't want to something me. What do you use her for? She doesn't want to serve me. She doesn't? <laughs> oh, she doesn't want to serve me. Right. So here you, here you have you have this quote unquote Christian, right? This dichotomous relationship, right? With a demon and the Holy Spirit, right? And, <laughs> you know, the Bible says you can't serve, you can't serve, uh, right? Two masters. <laughs> but she has a d the devil in her, a demon. And, and the spirit of God. Very interesting, right? Now, we know, biblically, uh, the spirit of God, you know, cleanses the inside of the cup, right? He cleanses the inside of the temple. If you're a Christian, you cannot have a demon in you. There is nothing to fear. But this shows you how unbiblical deliverance ministries are. <laughs> and then he's mocking, you know, I, I think about, uh, I think it's in Second Peter where it talks about, uh, you know, matter of fact, let me uh, let me bring that up here. Hold on one second. Yeah. Biblically, this is about uh, false false teachers. Go and read Second Peter, two, and you will be uh, either encouraged or discouraged. Right. But notice what it says. Let's, let's go down to verse um, verse nine here. It says, then the Lord knows how to uh, rescue the godly from trials and to keep the righteous under punishment until the day of, a di of, of judgment. And especially those who indulge in the lust of the passion and despise authority, boldful and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones. Now, there have been um, much debate over who these glorious ones, I believe, from the context is speaking about actually the demonic. Someone may say, well, the glory, glorious ones are angels. Well, no, because verse 11 is talking about angels, right? So it's distinguishable between the glorious ones and actual angelic figures, right? Uh, so they blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord, right? Um, but these like irrational animals, right? Uh, uh, my goodness, just just go and read Second Peter two. You you will be encouraged. But but the point I'm trying to make here is that uh, people like Daniel Adams are uh, just speak about what they don't know, right? They 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 don't have he doesn't have any power to to do what he's claiming to do. Yet here he is claiming it. But let's continue. Uh, 
Ah, you know you gotta leave. <laughs> you know what they remind me of? Little babies throwing a fit. Ah. No, biblically, the demons were don't remind me at all of a baby throwing a tantrum. Um, not even close. You know, babies can't inflict themselves with that much uh, damage. Um, like I said, this actually shows my point earlier that Daniel Adams actually has a low view of the demonic of demons. Look at me. Look Do you at come from the water? Do you come from the water? Yes. Do you come from the water? You come from the Marine Kingdom. My goodness. Huh? Eastern Cape. Eastern Cape. Huh? What did it say? Casalet. Yeah, I, I can't hear this demon. Go. Cosa. It's a tribe. Ah, you're. <laughs> I told. What is this deaf comedy jam? Literally, <laughs> literally deaf comedy jam. Uh, they are up here just laughing, having a good time with the demon. That that should tell you something, right? <laughs> I am not gonna be up there just laughing like the watching the demon do stand up comedy, and I'm just up here thinking this is hilarious. This is not hilarious in any sense. It's sad. TB Joshua mode right now. This is good. <laughs> hey, listen. Is T.B. Joshua the one who claimed to be Jesus? I, I, I don't know. Some of y'all let me know in the comment section. Ah, y'all don't worry. Let me come here. Now, I can see why he thinks this reminds him of a, a child because she is acting very childish. But my point is demons, <laughs> much greater strength, much greater uh, power than this woman who's clearly acting. Stand still. Attention. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the demons tremble at uh, Daniel Adams' name, huh? Can I tell y'all something? This is a real demon. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you said it. Therefore, it's true. Okay. This other stuff is a bunch of soul mess. Now, you know what I know. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> Huh? Did I tell you to walk? Okay, yeah. Come here. Come on, come on. Don't you move. They're like, okay, this is just playing games, guys. This is just playing daggone games. Now, listen. I'm going to talk to you really fast. Are you only in her or are you in her family? Found the family. You've found? Yeah. They're poor, but educated for nothing, and I rejoice. Uh, do me a favor. Don't laugh. I'm about to get real serious real fast, okay? I'm going to show y'all something. The fact that he has to warn them not to laugh shows you what's about to happen about to be ridiculous. Huh? You're finished? No, you won't. Listen, let me tell you something. God has sent me for her. I don't know what she's doing yet. Listen, I'm going to do something, okay? I'm going to do something. I'm 
First rule of uh, warfare is not to tell the enemy what you're doing. <laughs> I'm going to cancel your assignment. I'm going to cancel all the other stuff you've done. Ah, Notice who's doing it. Is it Jesus? Sounds like Daniel Adams thinks he has the authority in him of himself. Right? Let's go. Look at the demon is now getting hot. we have fun. What is this? What are you doing? Huh? You want to fight? Tiger, can't fight you. Oh, you're unbinding them now? I don't want. Yo. Yeah. This, yeah. That clearly how. That's clearly how it works. Yes. Oh my goodness. This. This is terrible. I hate them. Yeah. Who made the covenant? Did she make the covenant? No. Who made it? Nothing to do. Who made the covenant? I didn't do covenant. I was just hating them. Oh. Jealous. Jealous. Ah. Can't be intelligent here uh. and go and benefit. <laughs> okay, the, why is the demon patting their head like a, a ghetto hood rat? I mean, what's going on here? You know what I see her doing? I see her starting a business. Why is he letting the demon stay in her so long, right? I mean, if you have the gift of getting the demon out, why is this becoming a big show? Is is the now, let's ask the question. Is the demon staying in her causing more damage spiritually or less? If more, then why are you playing around with her? Which shows this is all a big show in the first place. She's going to start a business. I, I, I keep the clothes on. Keep the clothes on. She's yeah, start a <laughs> sure. <laughs> As if you can. That's okay. Obviously, that, that was pretty funny. Just because, uh, as if the demon's gonna obey that. Like, I mean, they were already naked by the time Jesus would get there, right? I mean, but okay. Hey, hey. What? You will not afflict her any longer. Oh, I think I understand what the beginning clip. They're trying to say he got this from uh, a guy named Passion Java. I send you back to where you belong. Go back to the to the water, I guess. Right. Here I thought demons came from, <laughs> you know, hell, but apparently they come from the ocean. Give me the thing. Give glory to Jesus. Oh my goodness, that was that was pathetically bad, even for Daniel Adams. I mean, he has a history of doing these fake deliverances, right? Just it's just terrible, right? Speaking of silliness, right? Speaking of silliness, you guys probably have seen it. I'm late to the party to to give my response to it, but Juanita Bitem oil water gun. Extravenir, right? Let's let's just see this clip, guys. You gotta see this. The Lord said to me, I want you to pour all of your oil that you have from your mother, from your aunt, from Pastor Boyd, the last pure oil you have, and I want you to pour it in there. Now, uh, again, I want you to understand what she's saying. She's saying the Lord told her to put the oil in the water gun. Yeah. 
um, <laughs> in Second Crazy 316. Sure, he did. And I want that to be your sacrifice because the anointings that is upon every bottle is what's going to sit on people. And I said, okay, God. So, Kathy, I thought, I thought he was going to say, pour a little bit in the bottle. And he said, but these people. <laughs> no way. <laughs> he said, these people are weapons. <laughs> she pulls a gat. Oh, God. Right. Uh, God told her to get the gat. Right. The water gun gat. Right. Uh, so uh, apparently it's not enough to to get a drop of oil. You need to be super soaked in the spirit. Guys, I just thought of that. Super soaked in the spirit. That's a new meaning. Right. Uh, my goodness. I mean. Yeah. But remember, God told her this. So we, we have to believe it. Right. I mean, we're not allowed to use our minds and our rationale and you know we have to accept this new word from god right this fresh anointing rhema right of super soaker and the weird thing is you have the crowd like yeah spray me spray me like <laughs> these people would not be the people that just pray a little bit these people will point their weapon What's the difference between putting that in a super soaker? That's what I'm going to keep calling this. A super soaker versus a bottle. The oil is still coming out. <laughs> it's just the, I guess, the speed in which it comes out. But she's saying the reason why it's in a uh, super soaker. Sorry, I have to keep calling that. The reason why it's in a super soaker is because uh, these these are going to be people that just be just praying. right? They're going to be kind of what she's getting at. They're going to be the real super saints. Super soaker saints. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep saying it. I'm sorry. You know, but this is what, this is what I got to say to this. Uh, boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? You, you know, I, I think on this, like, this is why many people don't take the church seriously. And, and I want to warn, I want to give a, you know, if someone's watching this, not a Christian. This, this is someone playing games in the pulpit. You know, someone wrote the book. This is pulpit crimes. So be an arrestable offense. <laughs> well, a little bit more to get to. Let's finish this out. These people will tell the devil, if you don't shut up, I'm going to get my weapon. <laughs> I thought our, our, our weapons of warfare were not carnal. They were not physical, but spiritual. But here you are. You have a physical gat. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to call it that. A uh, super soaker gat. To scare the devil as if the devil is going to be like, oh, no, what is, what is he going to do? <laughs> Stick his hands up and like the anointing oil is supposed to spray him. Away. Like, where is any of this in the Bible? And that's the problem with all of this. None of this is biblical. None of this is in the Bible. Run from this foolishness. Run from wanting to bite him, right? Um, just my goodness. Itching ears. People playing games. Uh, the devil's not scared of your little uh, oil, holy oil. Uh, put in a, a, a super soaker. I mean, your, your water gun, he's God is, I mean, the devil's not scared of that. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the fact that the fact that she did this, is shows how bizarre some churches are. Right. All right. But yeah, in, in, very interesting. All right, guys, we got to get to our, you know, I, he's a friend of the show guys. We, you know, some of you guys may recognize them by this. A lot of these Christians is ducking the smoke. 
I want all the smoke. Or as some of you guys favorite, jingle bells, jingle bells, I'm not going to hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Uh, very interesting, right? But yes, Marcus Rogers says he regrets this. He regrets repenting. Can you imagine regretting a repentance? Well, leave it to Marcus Rogers. Let's talk about this, right? Um, he made this post. We're going to read this here. Uh, it says, I should have never apologized for what I said about Trump doing two terms. And um, what he's saying here, so in, you can't see me. That's fine. We're, the, the main po- point is this post. What he's saying is he should have never apologized that he, g- he gave a false prophecy about Donald Trump. Even though it clearly was a false prophecy. You said he would win that election the last time he run, ran and he did not. Now, he tries to caveat that with, uh, you know, the, the election was stolen. Even if you want to go that route, God would have known that. Right. Since prophecy is from God. Um, but, yeah, he says he never should have apologized for that. And this is not the first time Marcus Rogers has uh, uh, said something to that effect. What's going on, guys? I felt that I needed to get on here and, you know, I was just in prayer and I needed to get on here and I had to apologize. I had to repent. And what I needed to repent of was for apologizing a couple of days ago for what I said that God showed me. The couple of days after the election, you guys remember I was walking in the woods and I was praying hard and I was crying tears. And I said, Lord, what's going on? You know, just show me, show me the truth, because this isn't making sense. So many people said, you know, this what was, this was the word. And I respect these men of God. And I know what you showed me and what I felt. And it's just something not sitting right in my spirit. So Marcus has a history of making these statements. You know, he'll make this statement and then he'll he'll go back on it eventually. So it's kind of confusing to. To know this. But now he's at a place saying, I should have never apologized for this false prophecy because that's what it was. He said, I should have never played nice looking for unity with people who really hold no weight in the spirit. And Marcus Rogers uh, determination of that is if you're not doing as much as he is doing, then you're not really uh, you have no weight in the spirit, which um, show me this category in the Bible. Right. That if you're not doing as much as me, then you can't call me out on my sin. You don't have any weight in the spirit. This is just cultic uh, language to defend his, uh, um, you know, platform. He says, I cave to the pressure of all these different Christian influencers and opinions of people because it was overwhelming. But no excuse, even though that was an excuse you just gave. He says, it's not even about if he does or if he wins. It's about what's going on behind the scenes. Actually, it's not about any of that. You gave a false prophecy. And what you're going to see here is Marcus actually deflecting from the actual issue. You gave a false prophecy and now you're justifying it. Right. Um, he says everything God has shown me since I started doing this 10 years ago has come to pass. Well, not everything. <laughs> Not everything. You clearly gave a false prophecy. He says, of course, people will not agree. Well, yeah, it's pretty clear why they will hear what they want to hear. They will manipulate my words and videos. But at the end of the day, God knows. Now, this is gaslighting. This is. Yeah, I gave a false prophecy, but people are taking me out of context. We're going to show that's uh, not the case. 
He says, I had noticed every time God allows me something and I speak on it, speak on it years before it happens, people hate me for what I speak. But when it comes to pass, they act like they forgot I was uh, sounded the alarm years before. Well, again, when you have a 50, 50 percent prophecy and you get one right and you want congratulations and then you get it wrong on a 50, 50 percent prophecy, then don't then expect the same energy. We'll talk about that here more in a second, too. Um, he says, never got an apology. Even if you get it right, they are still going to hate you and they won't acknowledge it. <laughs> uh, very interesting, right? Uh, but when he gets it wrong, see, he wants kudos for when he gets it right, but he don't want the smoke when he gets it wrong. Right. I find that very interesting. He says, I have never seen this happen over and over again. Or he says, I have seen this happen over and over again. And no matter what I did or say, people hate me. Because of my assignment. Now, this is the woe is me. Marcus Rogers, he'll he'll something he's clearly wrong on, um, you know, but he wants to turn this into a a Marcus Rogers, the victim segment. Right. He said, I made a huge mistake trying to find unity with lukewarm people with no weight in the spirit and no backbone. So the, the mistake he made was not making the prophecy, not 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 the sin he made was uh, making the false prophecy. The mistake was happened. What he met, what he made was trying to trying to have unity with people who are lukewarm, quote unquote, and no weight in the spirit, no backbone. Right. He says, continue on. God has literally been dealing with me about about this since 2021. I had to humble myself and repent. Notice what he, the humility and repentance is about his false prophecy <laughs> by apologizing for it. Right. Um, he said, God knows what the truth is and we will find out. What was what what was what when we get to heaven? Y'all pray for me or Marcus, we can know right now. Right. We can know right now that what you gave was a false prophecy. You know, the more humble thing would be to repent and to. uh, Yeah, to repent of it. Say, look, I was wrong. I was yada, 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 you know, but let's right now let's play some clips just demonstrating that I'm not making this up. He did say um Donald Trump was going to win the presidency. I just said, I, I believe from what God showed me that Trump is going to win. And I stand on that word right now. Second election, I never said God told me Trump was going to win. That's why nobody has a video. Now, what I did say is I feel like he's going to win again. That's what I feel in my spirit. I, and I told people, and I was clear on that. I said, I just feel this is what I think. Right. And so the Lord told me, and so the Lord told me, and so the Lord told me the second election, I never said God told me Trump was going to win. Clear as day this morning, all right, and you guys can pray about this, and this is what I feel in my spirit. This is what I feel he showed me, and if, and if I'm wrong, I'm praying that God just corrects me and shows me what it is, why I'm missing it. But I've been praying about it, and nothing has changed. I still believe that Trump is going to win, and so he showed me that this morning, and so he showed me that this morning. And they said, well, Trump, Trump didn't win. I still believe that Trump is going to pull this thing out. And yes, I'm saying that. And I know I've gotten so many stones thrown at me. But either one or two things are going to happen. Either Brother Marcus is just completely crazy and God is not speaking to me and God is not speaking to me. And everything in my life up to this point has been an accident. Our God is speaking to me. Our God is speaking to me. How he tries to get around this issue is he says, well, I feel like right. Um, but we're going to show how that that escape route doesn't help him out. But he clearly said God told him this. He, God told him he feels like he, he tries to use those interchangeably. 
But he actually made a video a couple days ago where he uh, talked about this issue. And I thought there was some interesting statements. So let's actually get into it. Let me say this because I know it's going to come up, right? Well, you're the guy who said that Trump was going to win. Hey, listen, when I was in Korea, the first time he was getting ready to run, I said, hey, I was praying and stuff. And I said, I feel like I feel like God told me Trump was going to win. And people laughed and they mocked. And they made fun of me, and I explained it. I said, man, I was praying. I read Isaiah 45. Oh, just in case you don't know, Marcus Rogers tries to use Isaiah 45 to, because, <laughs> uh, you know, Donald Trump was the 45th president. And so Isaiah 45 is supposed to have some connection to Donald Trump, right? Um, yes, it's a, Isaiah 45 is supposed to have some connection with Donald Trump. If you wonder, like, what, what is Isaiah 45 about? But if you actually listen to what he said, he says, feels like, right? I feel like Donald Trump was going to win, right? You heard it very clear, right? If you didn't go back, listen to it. He says, I feel like Donald Trump was going to win. But watch what he says after this. King Cyrus, 45th president. King Cyrus told him to go to build a temple. The word that God gave me was, if you build it in the season, I'm going to bless it. And I knew the season meant like, okay, you know, when this individual becomes president based off what God was showing me. Guess what? All these people who mocked, and laugh when Trump won. Nobody made an apology video. So he wants to. So he says, "Hey, I feel like it was going to happen." Um, and so he's like, "Hey, that's that's me prophecy, and I got it right." Nobody apologized, but but let's keep playing it. Nobody said, "Hey, bro, we none of us thought he was going to win. We thought you were crazy." And, and let's be honest, you had a 50-50 shot of getting it right. I mean, <laughs> if, I, if I say God told me it's going to be heads or tails, and it comes. Or, you know, if it's heads or tails and I say heads and it comes out heads, that's not, bro, that's that's just a good guess. I mean, you could pay attention to certain polls. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, sure, you got it right, but it's a 50-50 chance. I mean, that's not a, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say that's prophecy. We were making fun of you, and when he won, you know, we, were, we just want to apologize. You said God told you that, he won. Notice, notice, I want you to pay attention to what he just said. So earlier he said, feel like. Then now, just right now, he said God told him that. So he uses those interchangeably. Him feeling like this and God telling him like this, right? I mean, you guys heard it. He, hold on. We're going to play it. Play it back. I apologize. You said God told you that. He won. It God told him. He's, that's what he said about the first election. Happened. Guess what? None and he said that about the second election, too. He said God, God told him. And he also said he feels like. They made an apology. And that's when I realized, yo, a lot of Christians are just fake. Even if you get it right and they don't want to. <coughs> Sorry. So a lot of Christians are fake if they won't apologize if you got a 50-50 shot wrong, right. But then, you know, keep that same energy when you get it false. And then he won't say, well, I got it wrong. Matter of fact, he's saying he apologizes forever in saying that. My goodness. Hear it. They're just not going to hear it. But guess what happened? You know, the second election came around yes. and I was building, right? I got out the army. I'm building everything that I'm building. God is blessing all the men of God that I see, you know, in Florida, Texas, all these different places, California, they're building. God is blessing. He's giving them land. People are building their own schools, getting their own, you know, farms and every like it's literally happening just like God told me because. And then COVID happened and stopped all of that. <laughs> that's interesting. What he was showing me was he's preparing the kingdom for all the other stuff that's coming. Right. And, and it preparing us to. Well, OK, what does any of this have to do with the false prophecy he made? This is called a deflection. 
right? You ever notice some people, Marcus Rogers does do this a lot. Like, hey, man, what do you what do you what do you think about the nature of Jesus? A lot of gummy bear Christians is like, hold on. What, what does that got to do? <laughs> they ask you a certain question and your your answer immediately starts off with something unrelated to the topic. This is classic uh, a, 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 a way of arguing fallaciously. You're not really dealing with the issue. You're just talking a lot and filibustering. So it sounds like you're dealing with the issue, but you're really not. We, you know, have our own. Uh, infrastructure, whether it's just simple things like kingdom entertainment or more complex things like kingdom farming, kingdom grocery stores, because they're going to put all these regulations and, and restrictions. I'm not going to get too deep in that, but guess what? Shortly after God gave me that word, right, what happened? We had the big pandemic. Yeah. And so doesn't that sound like a failed prophecy again? Because the, the economy went to shot after that, right? Um, so I don't know how that's supposed to uh, what what it sounds like, Marcus, is just wanting the 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 nation to pro- be prosperous, and that's not a bad desire. But instead of just saying, "Hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm hoping for. I'm trying to make these moves to make it happen," he play, he puts God as giving him that. God told me this is going to happen, and that's actually where he has made false prophecies. I mean, we, we we've seen too the Trump prophecy and the nation being you know building and being prosperous. The nation is right now it collapsed after you you said God said that, you know. And I use the word collapsing in a, it, it went in a downward spiral after that. And all of this stuff started happening, right? And just like that, hey, you can't go in the store unless you have this, this, and this. And people, you know, paying for stuff with their palms now and everything. It's so clear that the Bible is true. It's so clear. Yes, the Bible is true, but your prophecy was not. That's the problem. Hey, where we're going. And people don't want to see it. It's it's like <laughs> the things of the spirit are always going to sound like foolishness to carnal people. Oh, okay. Most of yeah, more gaslighting, right? If you don't agree with what I'm saying, it's because you 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 know you can't see in the spirit, right? The American population, right? And the media is like, oh, hate Trump, don't like Trump. I'm telling you guys what I know. Anytime I see Hollywood, the demonic music. Yeah, and he just went on a rant about something else, but he never talked about the false prophecy he made. I mean, very clearly, he made a false prophecy. At this point, I don't even know why he's saying I apologize for 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 make, for for repenting about it, right? But man, just own up to your 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 sin. Um, but. We see this as the character of a false prophet. They double down on on their false prophecies and and things like that. So yeah, speaking of false prophecy, right? Speaking of false prophecy, we got to talk about this video, Mister Bill Johnson. Now, if you are aware of a Bill Johnson, a pastor, a Bethel Church, right? The uh, or sorry, Hillsong, Hillsong, sorry. Uh, so no 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 yeah yeah he'll uh, Bethel guys well I'm, I'm I'm out of the loop here I'm 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 here and I'm over here right Bill Johnson the pastor of Bethel Church out in Redding California he has made false prophecies before they they had some pro- prophecy where they would resurrect a young girl to life that clearly did not happen uh, very sad situation involving that but he made a video which I thought was interesting. On, on prophecy. Well, he made some statements about prophecy, which I thought would be interesting to look at. One of our friends, I'll end with this, uh, Chris Felton, one, uh, one of my favorite stories of, uh, of Chris's. He was sitting across the uh, table from ha- having a meal. He and his wife, Kathy, were having a meal with some good friends of ours. And 
they had been married for, I don't know, I think 16 years, something like that. They were, wanted to have children. They never could. It was, it was actually impossible for them to have children. They finally found out. And the Lord spoke to Chris and said, tell them they'll have a child by this time next year. Well, that <laughs> tends to make one nervous. <laughs> well, I would push back and say, if God gave you the word, why are you nervous about? What are you nervous about, right? Um, it's as sure as day that it will happen, um, I would argue, biblically speaking. So if God gave you a word, that I mean, that would actually end all my nervousness. But if God didn't give me the word and I said that, then yeah, I would, I would be a little nervous, right? You know, you know how, how about if I go to my prayer closet and pray for that to happen, right? You know? Yeah, I would say that and, too. And he's really sweating bullets, you know, uh, uh, getting to the place where he would be willing to say that. And, and he said, Lord, he said, That's, I, I can't do that. And the Lord spoke to him and said, if you don't say it, it won't happen. Wow. Uh, so interesting statement right there because it sounds like what's being said is the future is dependent upon us standing in agreement with it um repeating what god has said in order for his will to come about i mean i thought no will nothing can thwart god's will um i didn't i mean sound i mean he isn't dependent upon us doing something for it to come about but that's a very interesting statement right there so much so that even people in the crowd are saying wow wow and there are things that won't happen without your decree. Like what? I thought it was about God's decreeing, um, his declare, um, not, not us. Just interesting. They, they won't happen just because you wish for it. Well, I would argue uh, wishing is not a Christian concept or, or practice, but... Um, you know, I just think of Job. I think of uh, Job 42 two, where the text says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. If God wants something to happen, he is going to bring it out. He's going to bring it about and nobody can thwart it. Now, he may bring it to us about by different means, of course, but the point is it can't be thwarted as what was just said here. Like, I mean, you got a God that's dependent upon us to repeat this decree of ours through our lips for it to come about totally different when you examine the bible's teaching they won't happen even just because you prayed for it because again what we talked about last night sometimes god would rather do something through you than for you sometimes we pray as our escape from responsibility or we're following the mantra set for us in scripture that we pray his thy will be done right we we uh we, we're not presumptuous about anything we pray Rather, we ask God, we make our requests known to God, not make our demands known to God. You know, the disposition of prayer is one of humility, seeking God, asking God, and may God grant this, right? But not everything we pray for is the will of God. This is why we ask, ask according to his will, right? Many times, yeah, people, people go making their demands. God, give me this. God, give me that. God is not your cosmic genie in the sky. Right. So, again, I, the, the heart of prayer, the disposition of prayer should be one of humility and making our requests known to God. Now, again, it's not wrong to ask God for things. Right. Um, but again, even how we ask should be one of uh, 
re- requesting and asking. Yeah, you know, but you guys get my point. So he did. He leaned over the table. He said, by this time next year, you'll have a child. And they did. Within the next year, they had a child. It was impossible. I should probably add this. When you get it wrong, don't quit. What? (laughs) When you get a prophecy wrong, don't quit. Like, this isn't one of those when you when you uh, fall down, you know, after a bicycle, you keep going. Uh, That's a sure sign. I would say you need to stop. And matter of fact, biblically, we're going to look at a text later, which I would say <laughs> your life under the old covenant should would stop. But def, you, I was, I would argue, yeah, uh, unrepentant um, false prophecy is a is a uh, demand for uh, church discipline, no doubt. It is one. Of, it is a great sin against God to put words in His mouth that He did not say. Again, we'll look at a text here in a second. Clean up your mess and try again. This may sound strange to you, but in our school of ministry, our students are actually required to get it wrong. If they- what? They wait, wait, hold on. Stu- ministry students at Bethel are required to to make actual false prophecy. Huh? I, 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 I'm 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 a loss for words. No, 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 no. How would they actually demand it? Required, right? Required is a word he used. To make false prophecy. Again, what is false? What is prophecy? Prophecy is thus saith the Lord. It is actually something that is from the Lord. So ultimately, when you make false prophecy, what you're saying is God told you this lie. That is what's so damnable about false prophecy. It's claiming God lied. But it gets worse. Notice what he says here. You don't fail at least three times in the first year. We won't let him in the third, second year. So in order to move on to second year uh, Bible college seminary ministry, Bethel ministry, student ministry, you have to fit, make three false prophecy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. So, so not only, how is this not encouraging people? See, this is actually encourages people to make risk, right? When it comes to uh, prophecy, this, this is, that, that is un. There's no justification what was just for, for what was just said. You guys actually require people to make false prophecy? That alone should make your ministry, student ministry, your Bible college, saying, put a big stamp and say, avoid this. <laughs> He's like, again, I'm, I'm at lost words, guys. Like, how do you actually tell someone they have to make false prophecy before you move on? Three times, a matter of fact, three times, three times a charm before you can move on to second year uh, student ministry. <sighs> boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Why? If you're not willing to take risk to the point where you get it wrong, you probably won't get it right in the way you need to. But secondly, we want. Hold on. Let, let me let me go back because you guys, I want you guys to hear that. Why? If you're not willing to take risk to the point where you get it wrong, you probably won't get it right in the way you need to. Well, there is no risk in taking prophecy because it is a sure thing because it's coming from the mouth of God. This is why (laughs) this this, again, this ministry should be people don't deal with this because they're literally encouraging false prophecy. 
There is no risk in giving prophecy. If, if, if when a prophet said, thus saith the Lord, it was a sure thing that it was going to happen. God says this event will happen. Oh, you can bank on it, man. Well, you know how confident I would be if I believe God told me something. This is why I believe one should just stay in the text of scripture. I believe in no new revelation, et cetera, et cetera. But my goodness. Secondly, we want you to get it wrong in a loving environment so you know how to clean up your mess. Yes. People who won't actually hold you accountable to according to what the Bible says, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just very interesting. You guys actually uh, caveat, ca caveat and um, make people comfortable when they actually give false prophecies. That's a terrible thing to do. And you have the audience cheering it on. Yay. Is that right? That's right. I, I told the truth. <laughs> you told it. No, that was false. Well, before we get into a text that refutes what he just said, I want to look at uh, one more um, video. It's by Jack Deere. I know I'm not familiar with Jack Deere, but I was sent this video. So let's talk about it here. He was on the Remnant Radio. So let's talk about it. Um. So one of the classic examples is uh, of a prophet making mistake. It's a great prophet, Nathan. You know, he's David's prophet. So it's, this is 2 Samuel 7. Uh, David says, I want to build the house of the Lord. And Nathan says, go. Uh, the Lord will help you, honor you, and all this. But he tells him to go, and he tells him to go in the name of the Lord. Nathan walks out of the house, and uh, the Lord said, Nathan, he can't build a house. He's a man of blood. What'd you just do? And so Nathan's got to go back in and say, uh, I take that one back. Uh, I made a mistake. And David doesn't go, oh, Nathan, you've been such a good guy. I hate to lose you now. You're going to be stoned. He just accepts it. And there's no evidence anywhere in the New Testament, I mean, Old Testament, for a prophet being stoned for making a mistake. No. Well, hold on. at all. But yet you hear people say that all the time. It's so serious. If you made one mistake, you're stoned. Okay, you just tell me where it shows that. Where is it? All right. So we're going to get to that. But I, I wanted to couple that with uh, the Bill Johnson thing. But what we have in Second uh, Samuel 7 is I don't believe a prophecy, but rather Nathan being presumptuous. Um, right. He's saying, go do that as all the, in your heart for the Lord is with you, which two things can be true. Right. The Lord is with, with was with um, was with David. But then you have David or Nathan saying that, go do that as all in your heart, which it, it doesn't seem that uh, Nathan is actually prophesying that, hey, yes, the Lord is saying, go, go build this. But rather, the Lord is with you with all, all that you do. But, and, but in, if, even then in that, David, uh, Nathan got a word from the Lord the same night saying pretty much, uh, no, don't do that. Right. Uh, so I want to say that first and foremost, second of all. Let's look at a text which <laughs> said uh, there's no 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 text that says uh, you're right right. Uh, look at Deuteronomy 18. Um, Deuteronomy 18. Um, but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak. Notice this is the prophet who presumed to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods. That same prophet shall die. Notice this isn't the third or fourth time he gets this wrong. The, the, the one time you speak a word in God's name, thus saith the Lord, right? God said to go do this. God said this will happen. And yet he did not say that. That is a false prophecy.
it's not false prophecy. Oh, the tenth time you do it, first time. It takes one false prophecy to be a false prophet, right? Notice what it says. And if you say in your heart, how may we know that the Lord has not spoken? <laughs> Here's great evidence of God didn't tell someone the prophecy. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. So if God has not given you if God, if, if someone claims, thus saith the Lord, God told me this is going to happen. God said this. God said that a year from now, this will happen. And it doesn't happen. Biblically, that person is a false prophet deserving of the death penalty over one false prophecy. This is why the Bible takes prophecy so seriously. And we're not just to go around claiming God told me this. You hear a lot of people. God told me to tell you this. God said this. And like. Thankfully, they are under the new covenant, but it doesn't actually uh, minimize the uh, consequences. I would actually argue that under the new covenant, the consequences are greater. They just are future. Right. Uh, read Hebrews, uh, he, the book of Hebrews for that argument. But yes, that is my argument uh, for that. Uh, yeah. All right. I want to get into someone who have I've, I've I don't I would say have the pleasure of watching the content, but it really hasn't. Um, but Lovi Elias, yes, Lovi Elias, an interesting fellow, um, literally Lovi will say one thing and literally the Bible will literally say like the opposite, right? It'll literally say the opposite. So let, let, let me show you what I'm talking about. Certain things. Let, let's talk about it. You think you have eternal life because you are searching scripture. This is not the word. The word is Jesus. <sighs> so the word is both the word refers to two different things or the, the, the word can refer to two different things. It can refer obviously to the person. Jesus is literally called the word of God, right? But also the scriptures are called the word of God. That's why when prophets would speak, thus saith the Lord, uh, Jesus would often uh, read scripture and he would say, thus saith the Lord, right? So trying to pin the word of God, uh, the incarnate person, Jesus Christ against the word of God, i.e. the scriptures, is a huge mistake. Very huge mistake. Like this sundress he has on. Sorry. Had to this is it. called scripture. There is no eternal life in this. <sighs> Obviously, he's missing the reference of what Jesus. The Bible contains how we know what the word of life is. The, the eternal life. Right? Um, my goodness. <laughs> wow. But in the church, we use scripture mm -hmm. and the word interchangeably. Yet they are not. Yeah. Not even close. But what does the Bible say? Right? What does the Bible say? Um, I mean, so many scriptures. Let me pull up a few, which just cuts to this idea that the Bible. Is not the word of God, um, only Jesus, right? Uh, let's look at one. Let's look at one. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than two-edged sword, piercing 
to the division of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Speaking about the Bible, speaking about scripture, it calls scripture the word of God. Um, my goodness, let me, let me let's let's get some more references here. Uh, even scripture is called God breathe. Like literally, it's literally the 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 breath, the 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 breathing in and out of God, right? Right. Um, even um, in Luke eleven twenty eight. Sorry, now I'm just making references here. Uh, what I put it on the screen. Luke eleven twenty eight. Uh, it said, "Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it." It's not referring to Jesus, but the scriptures itself are called the word of God. Uh, Isaiah 40, verse 8, the word of God endures forever. Um, how can a man claiming to be a pastor say this? It is so bizarre that he would actually get up on a stage and say what he just said. I didn't say this. <laughs> sure you the did. The Lord Jesus said that. If your pastor doesn't like it, then he doesn't believe in the Bible. Listen to what the Bible says. <laughs> so yeah, it's us who don't believe in the Bible. Believe God. And you'll be what? Established. Amen. Believe his prophet and you will prosper. So your faith is not only in Jesus. Your faith should be in who he sent to you. Oh, my goodness. No, no, absolutely not. My goodness. <laughs> Our faith is in Christ alone. Our faith is in Christ alone, not, not in his prophets. We're not putting our faith in the prophets. They failed. Right? Trust in Christ alone. Don't don't put your faith in the prophets. Don't put your faith in the the priest. Faith in Christ alone. I mean, this is. I mean, what would be his argument against those? Um, who, like 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 Rome, where you have a co-mediatrix of Mary, right? Where she she's atoning as well. Um, I just thought this statement was very silly. Well. But but I don't even think Rome would go as far as enough to say, yeah, you should uh, put your faith in these saints. Uh, they just believe that, you know, they have a, you know, meritorious work. I anyways, not to get on Rome, but that was a that's a blasphemous statement right there. I mean, if the prophets were to resurrect right now, and be, you know, somehow come on Earth, they, they would probably stone this man for that. Come on, deep. That's the it. moment you look at a man of God, yeah. let me tell you the biggest error Christians make. One time I was... Hold on. I want you to uh, notice what we said. What is the biggest mistake Christians make? Here we go. In a church, I wasn't preaching. I was a young boy in church and I was watching and... Uh, the oh, and let me... Because let me, he's quoting... Uh, he was... He says... You know, the text he quotes and believe in the Lord God, you shall be established, believe in his prophets, you shall prosper. The point was believe in what they say, not to place your faith in. We only place our faith, our trust in one person. That is Jesus Christ. Obviously, you know, try you and God, but you guys get what I'm saying. The, 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 the church leaders were praying before the pastor got up to speak. And this was the prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray right now, uh, uh, as, as, as your man of God gets up there, we don't want to hear him, we want to hear you. The pastor took his Bible and left. <laughs> Probably good. <laughs> they asked him, Pastor, why are you leaving? He said, if you want to hear him, let him come from heaven and speak to you. 
Did he put me through life experience? Now that was just silly. Obviously, what the pastor should be doing, obviously he's speaking, right? <laughs> no one's saying he's, he's just voiceless and he becomes some kind of ventriloquist for God. No, what the, the congregation should be desiring, desiring when the pastor is speaking is literally be the voice piece. The pastor should not be saying anything that should not be found in scripture. As, as the Bible says, uh, do not go beyond what is written. And so what we have here is not the pastor, right, being voiceless and just, but, but rather the pastor should not be giving his own experiences as the word of God. They should not be adding to the scripture, right? I mean, I, I thought that was clear, but apparently not for uh, Lovi here. Did you not put me through troubles in order for me to know him so that I don't just speak to you what he is saying, but to speak to you my experience so that you can come higher? No, leave your experiences at the front door. Leave them for someone who cares. But the, but the congregation want to hear, thus saith the Lord. We don't want to hear, thus saith Lovi. Now, again, no one's saying to take uh, your, your personality out, right? God is using people with different personalities and things like that. But... We want to hear what God has said, you know, a personality according to that, which is, uh, you know, not sinful. Let me caveat that. But the pastor literally should be getting out of the way and saying only what God has spoken, exegeting only what is uh, the text is saying. Don't add in your experiences to the text. We don't want that. That's not helpful. That's not theanustos. That's not God breathed. But the scriptures are able to exhort, teach, correct, reproof. You see actually the low view of scripture this man has? If the scripture is what God has given her for all, uh, all godliness, uh, it's able to do that, which the man of God may be equipped. Meaning he's able to do his actual work because of the scripture. Lovi here is actually teaching that. No. God needs something else other than the scriptures. He needs he needs the man of God owns experiences to actually equip the saints. My friends reject that. Yeah. If you just want to hear from him, then you don't need me. Let me go. Come on. Yeah. Well, in that case, go home because we don't need a pastor in the pulpit who doesn't want to just say what God has said. Amen. We only need pastors in the pulpit who want to uh, say what thus saith the Lord. Wrong prayer, people. Yeah. Right prayer. Wrong prayer, people. Father, I just, I just, I just, we just want to, we just want to hear you, not any man. Yeah. <laughs> Today I spent time with, the, with, uh, with uh, my little sister and her, brother, and her, and her husband. Amen. And, and we discussed a lot of things. Was the Holy Spirit speaking on my experience? No, <laughs> unless you're saying what the scripture says. You, but, but notice he has raised his experiences up to the level of scripture to where you can't actually tell the difference. A matter of fact, he's prefer his own experiences over the word of God. What uh, I mean, that he gave me because that's what we pass on. We pass on. Amen. The word must always become flesh, meaning that the word of God must always take human nature. No, absolutely not. This is why you go with what the Bible says. 
The word became flesh is a reference to Jesus and Jesus alone. This cannot be a reference to us. We are not incarnate. Why? Because we're not God. We are not the, 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 I mean, the fact that this guy just said that the word of God must always become incarnate says that the first one wasn't sufficient. And now we need a new fresh anointing, right? You hear that word a lot. We need fresh anointing. No, we don't, sir. Give me the living and active word of God. I don't need another word. What God spoke and revealed and preserved is good enough for every Christian. Or else you can't understand it. I can understand the scripture. Maybe you don't. Maybe that's part of the problem. In order for the word to enter you, it must become flesh. Said nowhere in scripture. This guy is just making all this up. If I was to sit down and tell you how I see visions and how I hear I can't, you, you will not have language to explain it, but in order for me to prophesy, I have to interpret those words. I have to interpret those visions. I have to interpret what the angel of the Lord is speaking to me or what the spirit of God is speaking to me in a way that somebody can understand it. Or you can just explain what the Bible says. I mean, that's the more sure word. That's what the Bible says. Scripture is the more sure word than anyone's experiences. The apostle Peter saw God speaking from heaven. Right at, at he saw literally or sorry, he heard God right speaking from heaven. He saw the spirit descending on Jesus like a dove. And he says, yeah, the scripture is more sure than that. But does Lofi believe that? I don't think so. Let's see some more ridiculousness from this. Do you realize when God was creating, God never created darkness? Do you realize that? God never created darkness, but darkness exists. Obviously, I'm not saying God is not the one who created darkness. That's not what I'm saying. Well, what are you saying? Because literally the Bible says, uh, right, God created and God called the light day and the darkness night. He did create the darkness and the light. Um, I don't. What is this guy talking about? <laughs> right. God said, let there be light. Genesis 1, 3. And guess what? God saw the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness. Right. So actually, when you create light, there is a darkness. Um. I mean, he separated the light and the darkness. Um, I don't know what he's talking about. God didn't create the darkness. But if you look at the creation account, when you look at the creation account, where do you see God says, is saying, let there be darkness? You don't. That's silly. That is quite silly. <laughs> the again, the fact that there's light, there's, there's darkness automatically. Um, that's why he separates them. But it gets worse. It. Yet light cannot exist without darkness. The same Bible that tells you God is covered in light. The people who saw the light realized that when you see light, you don't know him. Because God is not covered in light. God is actually in deep darkness. I have no clue what this God is covered in darkness. What is he talking about? 
So when you don't know him, you know the light. <laughs> but when you actually meet him, you realize that God is in deep darkness. After the light is in the Bible tells you that. I, I, I think I spoke about it in forms of spirits. It says God is, 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 is shrouded in darkness. What? What are you talking about? It says in heaven, and I saw dark clouds around the Lord. Uh-uh. I thought in heaven, heaven is full of light. I thought heaven was, is, is, is full of light. But then when you read, you start realizing that, nah, God who said he's covered in light is the same God who is hidden in darkness. I mean, the Bible literally says God is light. Uh, he dwells in unapproachable light. I, I, so I, I don't know what he's talking about. If he's pointing to some Old Testament imagery or something, I, I have no clue what he's talking about. But, but just on the face of this, it's like, bro, literally the opposite of what you're saying. It's true. Why do you look for him? Because you can't see him. You don't look for something that is in the light. Oh, my what goodness. Oh, oh, my goodness. So, so God is not in the light because you would be able to see him. But obviously, God is not a, you know, speaking of the Father, is not a. The fact that I got to explain this is, is, is problematic enough. God, it's not speaking about literally, uh, e even in those passages, not speaking of literal light. Or, or darkness, but dude, this guy gives me headaches. Anyways, look, look, you want to see something just so blatantly false? Watch this. So God said anything called man. Remember, I will destroy what? Man whom I have created. He did not say one, two, three, four, ten. He said what? Man. Everything called a man on earth will be destroyed. Verse 8. But Noah. So Noah was not a man. Oh, you missed it. Some of you. No, we get it. That was just dumb. And you should not uh, ever be preaching again after that. Uh, right. So the God said he will destroy, uh, he will destroy man, right? I will blot out man who I've created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things. Right. But Noah, right. Obviously has found favor in the Lord and obviously his three sons and his family. Uh, what he's trying, his explanation is going to, this is going to be actually quite silly and actually end up him in deep heresy, but they clearly were men who didn't, who lived, Right. Uh, the fact that, my goodness, like you, you ever hear something so silly, you're like, I don't even know how to respond to this, but we'll, we will. Don't worry. The reason why COVID came and missed you is because you are. Let's get into this second clip because it's going to actually give some more. I was going to say reasoning, but uh, an explanation of this. If your grace doesn't go with me. Don't send me from here. Yes. I am not leaving. Yes. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, yes. then God is not inventing new rules. Grace was not given to man. <laughs> ah, that's 
Say that again, Papa. Okay, Papa. let me show you New Testament. I know some of you are still in the air. No, we're not in the air. We're here on earth, and this is quite silly. He says, grace was not given to man. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, you know, uh, Noah found favor. You know, that, that is referring to his kindness, his grace, his, you know, all that. Literally, everybody God does give grace to is man. A man, right? Speaking of mankind, not literally, but you know what I mean. Please keep, keep my Genesis chapter 6 verse 8. Keep it. Let's look at this quickly. First Corinthians 3 3. Who can get that for me? Amen. Okay. First Corinthians 3 3. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among okay, you. Okay, hold, hold on there. The word carnality, it means the way you think. Many of you received Jesus, you became spirits, but you still think like carnal. Now listen to this carefully. Are you ready? Read, listen. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying, and strife, and divisions, are ye not carnal, and walk as men? <laughs> wow. Are you not carnal, and walk like men? My goodness. You complain because you are still a man. Wow. When you become a spirit, you don't complain. This is Gnosticism. This is Gnosticism. He's saying, hey, you don't become a man, you're becoming a spirit. Well, if you actually read the context of what's going on, Paul is arguing about their fleshliness. Not, not when he's saying walking according to man, he's talking about sinful nature, sinful man. That's the context of what's being going on. Not that these people aren't actually men or maybe he wants to use human beings. But th this is absurd on the flesh. And he's saying, well, you don't need to become a man. You need to become a spirit. Guys, that is classic Gnosticism on the face. Everything to God in prayer. When you become a spirit, you don't care if people leave you. Yes. Become a spirit. You know the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes. Oh my goodness, this, this is terrible. One more clip because this is just making my head hurt. I'm going to have to end this. <laughs> See, the problem with Christianity, you are walking like men. Every time Jesus spoke, well, just back back on that First Corinthians three text, he says you're according to walking according to man. So there's a nature. He's not denying the the uh, the reality that you're a man, like literally a human and a man, a person. But you're walking according to this nature, the the fleshly nature. That's that's the context of what's being talked about here. Jesus spoke like a man. Hold on, we got to go back there. What did he say? You see, every time Jesus spoke, he never spoke like a man. Depends what you mean by that. He never spoke like a man. Uh, let's hear. He never spoke like a man. They were asking, where I come from, my kingdom, my father. They're like, come on, man. You came from Nazareth. We know you. You say, no, 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 you don't know me like that. <laughs> Where I am from, you don't know. They'll be like, isn't this the son of Joseph? Say, Je Jehu? Jehovah, yeah. This. Jesus had completely 
Jesus had completely disconnected to what is called man. Absolutely not. That is heresy. Jesus is the God man. He's the mediator between God and man. Why? Because he is God and man, right? He did not disconnect between what is man. This again, this is Gnosticism on his on his face. Uh, maybe even could be referred to even the specific kind of Gnosticism is Docetism or some kind of descetic belief where Jesus actually was not a man. He was uh, just spirit, uh, just foolery, just foolery. This is why Jesus could you could touch him in the side. Right. Um, he did not disconnect from man. When Jesus said the son of man, you have to understand the word. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. Man means divine. He says son of man means divine. And and obviously that's a, a reference back to uh, Ezekiel, which obviously I would agree. That is a, a divine uh, uh, person uh, communicating, speaking. And so I don't I don't have a pushback on that. But watch what this watch what he goes on to say. It means divine. It doesn't mean son of a human because Jesus was not fathered by a human. He was not. He did not come into being because of a human. But he did become a man. I don't know if there's some confusion on that here, but it sounds like it. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is why God said, let us make man because God himself. Watch this. So the very verse that says, let us make man. Watch what he does with this. Watch this. That term man, man means divine. It doesn't mean human. That is is absurd on its face uh he says let us make man uh is not referring to literally human but it's referring to um <laughs> it's referring to our, our us being divine so literally this is literally uh little god's doctrine right here what i'm trying to do is is bring up the hebrew the show this is just literally i mean what's the word asinine it's uh atrocious should never be said the, literally, the word we get for um, man is Adam, right? Adam. Look at this word right here. Look, you see word? Look, Adam right there. Obviously, Adam, right? But literally, it means man or mankind. This word is never used for divine. He's just made that up. Literally just made that up on the fly. Um. My goodness, I, I when I first heard that, I was like, is this guy serious? Yes, he was. Soft we music. have diluted the word. We don't even know what it means anymore. This is called a projection fallacy. It's actually he who does not know what the word means. Uh, is somebody catching what I'm saying? Catch. Yeah, but it's heresy. Yeah, I catch what you're saying, but it's unbiblical, should be rejected. Absolutely atrocious. My goodness, guys. What are you going to do, right? What are you going to do, guys? Hope you guys enjoy this video. To the next time, y'all. Grace and peace. Grace and peace, y'all. Hey, till the next time, y'all. Grace and peace. Yo, Grace and peace. Thank you for watching another episode of All Things Theology. If you enjoyed what you heard today, go ahead and give me a like. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. I promise to give you weekly videos, lives, interactions exposing false teachers sharing with you the viewer my theological beliefs things about the culture and the bible so if you're here for that come on and join us